What up, everybody? It's me, George Becknell, and I'm back in the paint. NBA free agency is wow, y'all. The LeBron Hive, where y'all at? I'm going to tell y'all what y'all can look forward to in L.A. The Warriors added a fifth All-Star? And to my LSU football fans, I'm going to tell y'all what to be looking for. And I'm going to give y'all a little bit more right after this. I want to let you know that this week's show is brought to you by the law office of Harry R. Brown Jr. Harry is an injury attorney that specializes in car accidents, truck accidents, work-related injuries, and more. If you need to reach Harry, you can do so at www.hrbrownlaw.com or you can call him at 225-938-5556. So ladies and gentlemen, if y'all remember anything else I've said tonight, anything else I've said on this particular episode, remember this. Call Harry Brown. That's 225-938-5556. All right, everybody, it's been a wild couple of days. NBA free agency is upon us. And if you're still on planet Earth, there's a good chance that you've already heard the news. LeBron James will be a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't think anybody's really shocked at this move. We've been hearing for quite some time that this was a strong possibility. He had a meeting for three hours with Magic Johnson Sunday evening prior to him signing the contract. So, I don't think this is news. I don't think this is big news. But, what is big news is the fact that he signed a four-year deal with no player opt-out. So, that means LeBron is committed to playing these next four years in L.A., which is really, really interesting to me because it'll be his 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th year in the NBA And he guarantees that he'll play with the Lakers for those four years. Now, that brings up a couple of questions. Number one, will LeBron retire as a Laker? You know, after year 15, he looks good. I mean, LeBron has played some of the best basketball of his career in the last year. So he's showing no signs of slowing down, but Father Time is undefeated. The man made his first postseason in year three of his career. Made it every year since. That's an average of 100-something games for 15 years. His body has to break down eventually. Not wishing that on him. I'm just saying, I don't think he could play at this high level for 20 years in the NBA. So, he signs a four-year deal. His contract will be up after year 19. One would assume... That L.A. is his last stop as an NBA player. Um, But another thing that that really is puzzling to me is after the meeting with Magic, he decided to sign. There was no opt-out clause. So he's fully committed. I would assume that LeBron would make a move to win the championship. Now, this Lakers roster, as constructed, in my opinion, isn't ready to challenge the Golden State Warriors. They're not even close. I don't know if they're tr- if they're challenging the Houston Rockets right now in the West. Um, now, 
they did go out and get some other pieces. You got Rajon Rondo. You also went and got Lance Stevenson. You went and got JaVale McGee to, uh, to play around the basket, right? You add that to some young guys like Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma. So I think there's some talent there. I think there's a lot of potential, especially when you add the greatest player currently on earth to that team. But I don't know if these pieces fit. So I wish I could have been on the fly. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall for that conversation between LeBron and Magic. Because I'd like to know what's LeBron's role on this team. You know, now the obvious answer would be to be the star player, to be the best player on the team and carry them to a title, right? But the last couple of years in Cleveland, you saw LeBron being that guy who was very ball dominant. You saw him handling the ball. You saw the offense being run through LeBron. You know, he had the ball in his hand most of the time. He facilitated. He was the floor general. He made plays happen. Well, you go out and sign John Rondo the next day. And I don't really understand that move. I don't think that Rondo and LeBron fit on the same unit if LeBron is going to be playing the same way he's been playing in Cleveland over the last couple of years. Because if you look at it, the only real top-level point guard he's ever played with was Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving left Cleveland because he felt like he couldn't be a traditional point guard. He couldn't be a floor general being on the same team with LeBron James. So you go get Rondo, which you already have a young point guard in Lonzo Ball that you try to develop. I don't understand how LeBron is going to be ball dominant. Now, maybe he tries to extend his career he talks to Magic because people don't really remember. Magic was a point guard his whole career. He left the game early due, uh, due to the HIV, but he came back in 96 and played power forward. Now, he played a half a season in 96, started off at the four. LeBron and Magic, they both 6'9". Maybe Magic talked to him in the playing off the ball, maybe playing the more traditional three, or even in the West, he could play the four against most teams and be effective. So if that if that conversation happened, then I think some of these moves make sense. But other than that, man, you, you look at this roster, I just don't think it's complete. Yeah, you got Lance Stevenson. I mean, everybody needs that, that crazy guy to come in and frustrate people from another team, right? You need that guy that's going to come out and play defense, maybe hit an open shot here and there. That's what Lance Stevenson is. You know, um, you, you look at JaVale McGee. He's the guy that can come in, that can finish around the glass. He can get you a few boards. He can get you some hustle points. So I like those pieces. You know, I don't think the other guys are ready to be a championship contender yet. So I keep looking at these three names. Lonzo Ball. Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma. I don't know if all three of those guys are going to be on the Lakers roster 
the whole length of this LeBron era in LA. Seems like to me, you got to go out and you got to get some more talent. You got to get another big name guy. The Lakers are well under the salary cap right now. And then there's always the luxury tax that they can pay, right? So Kawhi Leonard has been trying to get to LA the whole offseason. The, the Spurs don't want to do a deal with the Lakers. So, I feel like the Spurs' hand is going to be forced because the Lakers have the most value and the most to give. Now, the one thing I'm looking at on this Lakers roster that's really kind of a roadblock or something they're going to have to address they got Luau Deng under contract for the next two years for 18 mil a season. Now, whatever deal they make, they're probably going to have to offload Luau Deng on somebody else to get some young value. But they're well under salary cap. You got LeBron James there. You got some young talent. You got you got some nice things, you know. I don't know how the LeBron Rondo thing is going to work out. But if Magic convinced LeBron to play off the ball, it could work. And then Magic Johnson's going to be the real figure behind that team. It, the Lakers, I don't care what nobody says, the Lakers always going to be Magic Johnson's team. But we'll see. You know, now we talked about John Rondo. His former teammate in New Orleans, Boogie Cousins, signed with the Golden State Warriors for one year, $5.3 million. I thought the whole, the whole LeBron thing was crazy. But, bruh, how, how does the rest of the league allow Golden State to go ahead and get a guy named, like Boogie Cousins? I can't think of another team in NBA history where your starting five were all All-Stars the year before. That's insane to me. You have a team with five All-Stars. The rich get richer, man. I, I, and for $5.3 million. I know he's coming off an injury. I know, I know there were some character questions in the past, but I thought he... I thought he proved himself last year. I mean, the Sacramento Kings are a terrible organization. Anybody should be mad to play in Sacramento. So Boogie comes to New Orleans. He has a good attitude. I thought he was a team player. I thought things went well before he got hurt. And now he gets lowballed. One year, $5.3 million. He's clearly a top 10 talent in the NBA. I will challenge Anybody to give me a top 10 current NBA player list without Boogie Cousins in the list. I'll challenge you. But how do you let this happen, NBA? It's like the rich gets richer and the poor gets poor. I mean, Boogie Cousins to the Pelicans for $5.3 million. Lonzo Ball will make $6 million next year. You got other guys coming off the bench making more money. 
So this guy gets $5.3 million and you let him go to the Warriors. So the NBA season next year, as far as I'm concerned, unless there's a catastrophic injury to Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, or Klay Thompson, well, maybe two of them, how stacked that team is, it's a foregone conclusion that the Warriors will be NBA champions next year. Because you resign Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's there for two years. He, he signed a four-year contract, but he has a player option after two, right? Steph has signed a long-term contract. You got Boogie coming for one year. Now you're going to have to address the Draymond, Clay Thompson thing. Eventually, I don't know how the Warriors could afford to keep this team together. I feel like all of those guys are going to want close to max deals eventually. Boogie, if he can stay healthy, maybe. But those other four guys, everybody's going to want close to a max deal, at least. But for now, we'll see. I just think it's insane to let the Warriors get that. I don't see anybody beating them. I don't, I don't care what Houston does. Yeah, they brought back Chris Paul. So what? Oklahoma City. Paul George stayed in town. I thought Paul, I thought it was a foregone conclusion that Paul George was gone. I thought he definitely was going to be a Laker. You know, I thought it was going to be him and LeBron at least, but he stayed around. So, I don't know. Am I poor New Orleans Pelicans? In the same day, they lose Ray John Rondo. They lose Boogie Cousins. They pick up Julius Randle. I mean, I mean, Julius Randle's a good player. I like him. He's a good, solid player. You know, fellow Kentucky Wildcat to Anthony Davis, right? But, I mean, come on, man. I, I just, I don't know. I just still don't understand how the rest of the league allows Boogie Cousins to go to the Warriors. I don't get it. I, I won't never get it. I, I just don't. Now that all the big names are gone and out the way, free agency has kind of lost his, his excitement. But there's still a couple of guys I think that can help a team out, especially a team that's close to the to the top that maybe need a little depth. Um, one guy I'm looking at is Marcus Smart from Boston, right? Now you go have a healthy Kyrie Irving. You also had Terry Rozier play on a higher level than expected. So I think Marcus Smart, as a restricted free agent, has a higher value somewhere else. Because keep in mind, somebody signs Marcus Smart, the Celtics would have to match it. But how much are you willing to give this guy, being that you got a cheaper option in Rozier and you also have Kyrie Irving who you invested in, you know? So, I think this is an opportunity for a team to get better. Another guy I really, really like as a restricted free agent is Milwaukee's Jabari Parker. Now, he hasn't played up to his potential thus far, but he's a finesse power forward, and there was a lot of hype of, out from him coming out of Duke. You know, I thought he'd be better than what he is, but he looked good in the playoffs, you know. This is a guy that can hit a jump shot. He can shoot the three. He can go out and get you some boards. I think Jabari Parker can really help a team in the right situation. Um, 
Magic, are you calling him? I don't know. We'll see. But especially after the loss of Julius Randle, the Lakers might be able to use that guy. I don't know. But I like him. Also, probably my favorite guy on this list would be Avery Bradley. You know, Avery Bradley from the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers, they just had a garage sale, man. All those guys who started off the year last year, I feel like aren't even on the team anymore. You know, you heard, you knew Chris Paul left and went to Houston. You know, Blake Griffin got traded to Detroit. This year, this offseason, excuse me, DeAndre Jordan signed with the Dallas Mavericks. If you look around, the only person that's still on the Clippers is Doc Rivers. I mean, he traded his son, right? So this guy, Everett Bradley, who came over in the Blake Griffin trade, is a shooting guard, but he's one of those big-time defensive guys, right? He could get you a bucket. He could score within the flow of the offense, but more importantly, he's going to play some very, very good on-ball defense that if anybody has a shot to beat the Warriors, you're going to have to have that guy to man up on Clay and Steph. I don't know how anybody beats him, but Avery Bradley is a very valuable piece. I think somebody could go get him. He's an unrestricted free agent, so it's not a big market for him. So I don't know. I think he's a key piece that somebody could get for cheap. We'll see. Man, I just hope my Pelicans could do something, man. I, I, they just got so much worse as a basketball team today. I don't know. I, I just hope they don't end up in a lottery again. And speaking of Louisiana teams in tough spots, the LSU Tigers football team has the hardest schedule in the country. You got Miami on Labor Day weekend in Dallas. You got the two teams that played the national championship at Georgia and Alabama coming to LSU. You got to go to Florida as usual for the second year in a row this year. And you got the rest of the SEC West schedule. So, so to say that this young but talented and deep football team has a tough task at hand the whole season will be an understatement. But as always with LSU football, the main conversation we're going to have before the season is what? You guessed it. Who's going to play quarterback? Can we have some decent quarterback play at Baton Rouge? Can we have a quarterback that's going to be consistent and be able to get the ball to our plenty of playmakers? Well, this year the answer is yes. And I'm going to tell you why. Coming from last year, you got two quarterbacks that were returning that everybody had their eyes on in Miles Brennan and Lowell Narcisse. You know, Miles Brennan had the arm talent. I think that was very, very special, right? Lowell Narcisse is physically gifted and is ready to go right now as far as just being an athlete on the football field. But there were questions on both of them, right? Is Miles Brennan durable? Or can Lowell Narcisse be that passer that we need him to be this year to actually have a shot at a good season because the schedule is already the hardest in the country, right? So, obviously, Coach O, Steve Insminger didn't feel 100% confident in those guys playing this year. So, LSU goes out and get 
Joe Burrow transfer from Ohio State. Now, recently, Coach O was asked about Joe Burrow and he called him a game changer. That's big words. I don't know if all of y'all know Coach O's background, but Ed Ogeron has been on the staff and seen some Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. Gino Toretta at Miami. Matt Leinart and Carson Palmer at USC. So the guy's no stranger to Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. So for, in my opinion, number one, for, for you to go get Jerboro from the beginning, for you to go get him when you got two young and talented guys playing on the center, you don't go, you don't go get Joe Burrow to not play him, number one. Number two, the way the way Coach O is speaking about this man leads me to believe that he's really, really special. Now, obviously, he hasn't played a game yet in purple and gold. The jury's out. Nobody knows. But in my opinion, I'm very, very excited about this upcoming LSU football season. I really am. Like, I get it. The schedule's hard. But you always bring back a lot of talent. Dave Aranda's going to have that defense ready. But Steve Insminger, to me, was the guy that Coach O wanted to be the offensive coordinator before they brought in Matt Canada. LSU didn't make a splash by promoting a guy that was on Les Miles' staff. So you almost were forced into making a splash with the offensive coordinator, especially since Les Miles ran his three yards in the cloud of dust, remember the Titans-style offense, right? We just go get the ball to Leonard Fournette in the middle every play. So you had to have that splash offensive coordinator. And from what I heard, Matt Canada and Coach O never really got on the same page. But after Les Miles and Cam Cameron were dismissed in the middle of the 2016 football season, I felt like Steve Insminger did a hell of a job as offensive coordinator because the games they lost, they were in position to win. They scored points. Danny Etlin, they put him in good situations for him to make plays and get the balls to his playmakers. I felt really good about what Steve Insminger did. So even though the season, it, it kind of it looks tough because you have this hard schedule, I'm very, very encouraged by what this LSU team can accomplish because I think they're going to be pretty good. But I'm going to say this. If you're an LSU Tiger fan and you're listening to this, I'm going to tell you, be patient. I get it. Les Miles was fired because he went 9-3 almost every year with top-tier talent. I understand. Les Miles should have been fired. He should have been fired before he was fired. But, if LSU goes 9-3 this year, that's not a bad season considering the schedule. Considering there's a brand new quarterback under center. So I'm not making excuses for him, but Tiger fans, what I'm telling you is to be patient. This is a good football team, and I think with Coach O, Stevens being an offensive coordinator, and Dave Aranda as the defensive coordinator, this LSU team has a good opportunity for growth and to get the program back to where it was five, ten years ago. So, 
Last thing, and I'm going to stay with Louisiana football for now. Something I thought was very, very interesting, something I've never really seen before. Sean Payton played a, apparently played a round of golf with uh, the Eagles football coach, Doug Peterson, defending champion Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and as, you, as most of y'all know, the Eagles will come to New Orleans in week 11. So apparently there was a bet between Peyton and Peterson to see who uh, shot the better round or whatever. So Peyton lost. And the Saints have to wear white jerseys against the Eagles at home in week 11. I, I just think that that's insane. Like, I wonder how, how many times this happens to where you have a coach putting a wager on a something like a round of golf, maybe a maybe shooting pool, a ping pong game or whatever. I just find that to be kind of funny. Um, so apparently the Saints will be wearing white jerseys in week 11 against the Eagles in the Superdome. Me personally, I hope it's their color rush jerseys. Those are my favorite. But anyway, I guess it don't matter. But I'd like to see that. But anyways, that's all I got for y'all today. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed the episode. Any questions, comments, or concerns, my social media hadn't changed. Y'all continue to let me know. I love the feedback. So, with that being said, I'll see y'all next week in the paint. <laughs>